Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I am your host, Cody McBroom. I am a father, husband, nutritionist, trainer, CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, and I am here to make you better. That is my purpose on this planet. It is to help people grow, to challenge people to do hard things, to create an easier life to live, and ultimately chase fulfillment, to chase the tailored life, a life by design, like I said in the introduction of this podcast. Now, today we are going to go way beyond just training and nutrition, but we're going we're gonna to tie it to, to training and nutrition because, you know, the, the, the thought process behind today's podcast is really based on the fact that what we do as a company, what I do as a coach is help people lose fat. It's help people build muscle. Like that is the purpose, right? But the longer I do this, the more individuals I help through coaching, the more I lead my team as they help other individuals, the other, the, the more I coach coaches, um, to be better coaches. I mean, essentially just engulfing myself in this coaching process, the, the more and more I realize, and I've known this, right, is that the thing is never the thing, right? The reason you want to lose fat is not really because you want to lose fat. Losing fat is the how that gets you to the what and the why. And when this becomes more apparent in you, your results get better. As this became more clear and apparent to me as the coach, I was able to coach better, right? So let me give you an example. If someone asked me, are you a fat loss company? I might say that fat loss is the primary vehicle for really body composition change, right? We help people transform their physiques and their body compositions. Everyday people achieving above everyday people bodies, average people achieving above average bodies and physiques, right? That's our thing. But that's the vehicle to get there. That's the how. The what and the why are different. So if you ask me if I'm a fat loss coach, I would I would say yes and no. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a coach that delivers confidence, certainty, self-discipline, willpower, self-control, and the traits required in order to never need somebody else or an external source for motivation to get better in life. Like we're a company that creates transformation that is going to instill the characteristics and traits of success. You want to be a better parent? You want to be a better husband or wife? You want to be a better physique athlete? You want to be somebody who's leaner? You want to be a better leader in your company? What do you want? Whatever you want. You're going to be better once you go through the physical transformation with us at Tailored Coach Method because what is required in order to transform your body is the exact skills required to be better in life. You need challenge in life in order to grow, right? Growth doesn't come without resistance. So we need to put you up against resistance and we have to teach you what's required and develop the skills, the traits, and essentially callous you to create this version of yourself that can conquer the resistance, that can push back against the resistance and grow because of the resistance. That's what we're about. That's what we do. And so today I want to talk more about that. I want to, I want to talk about standards. I want to talk about the deep rooted things that actually matter. And the way I want to do this is not to give you some, and I almost said cheesy list, which I probably shouldn't say because I've done these lists before. Right. But like, and they're great. And I think they're, they're very practical when I say like, this is five ways to develop higher standards for yourself and exceed your own expectations which damn, that was off the cuff. That was a great title for a podcast, but that's not how we're going to do it today. Today, I'm going to, uh, I have a page of notes and I did this with my, my good friend, Cody Smith, as, as I'm recording this, that podcast actually just aired and it made me go visit my, my list again, because I just add to this. Like when I have thoughts, I just add to this list and there are thoughts that come up in my mind personally, as I embark down these different endeavors of personal growth, right? Be that fitness, be that business, be that marriage, be that faith, be that whatever it may be. I'm a person who is constantly chasing growth and I want to surround myself with those people. But because of that, it means I'm constantly taking action on things. I'm constantly stepping into resistance. I'm constantly challenging myself to grow. I'm constantly doing hard things. I'm pushing myself in the gym. I'm, I'm tweaking my diet. I'm challenging myself to have harder conversations and to be a better husband and to build my relationship with God and to figure out how to be a better dad. You know, little by little, I'm getting better every day. I'm just chipping away at it, right? Um, somebody uh, actually told me this. Uh, I was speaking to a men's group on Sunday and uh, 
the uh, with Cody actually, and uh, the pastor. It, it was at this church, and it was on a Saturday morning. We were talking about just like everything, life and, and growth and personal development. And the pastor came up afterwards because he was listening, and he told me that my story reminds him of an axe because real axes are built through a weathering process. And what they do is they essentially, they like beat it down, put it in heat and then put it in cold, beat it down, put it in heat, put it in cold, right? So we have this, this process of hot, cold, beat down, hot, cold, beat down, hot, cold, beat down. He said, your story, it, it, it emulates this because you have gone through so many challenges but you take them on with this idea of I'm going to just weather myself. I'm just getting weathered in the process to become stronger and more resilient. And that's how they developed these really, really nice axes. And this is how they did it in like the medieval days and stuff was what he was getting at is like the only way to have a, a resilient axe that can last in battle and last against anything is if it is weathered and there's a process to weathering an axe. I was like, man, that is so, so cool, but it's so true in life, right? We have to go through this process of being built, uh, being broken down in order to be built up. You got to be beat down to get built up and get stronger and develop resilience and resistance is the only way to build that resilience. So what I'm going to share with you is, oops, I almost dropped my phone. Um, my phone is so beat up. It's insane. I dropped it so much. Uh, okay. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Wow. That was perfect. I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Did not know it was 10 because I didn't number these, but we have 10 things <laughs> that I think are going to really, really help, um, you grow and you accept challenge. Like my goal is for you to listen to this podcast and be more willing to go through your own weathering process. I want you to listen to this podcast and accept challenge. I want you to listen to this podcast and go, you know what? I am going to face resistance. I am going to step into the face of resistance. I am going to step into the fire. I'm going to welcome the beatdown, right? And I know that sounds crazy, but if you can think about it in this regard, it's going to help you so much. And I posted something about this, and this isn't one of the things, but I've said this to so many people since I heard it, and it has helped so many people. But I, I even posted on Instagram and it's this idea that, you know, at some point in time, no matter what happens, whatever this, the outcome is at some point in time, you're going to end up looking back and thinking, I wouldn't have changed it for the world, right? We go through hard things and in the moment we're like, why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why am I so unlucky? Why do I have to deal with this? When what you should be saying is, why is this happening for me? What can I pull out of this situation? What is this beat down, this emotional stress, this tragic event, this, this destruction I'm going through, like this chaos around me? What is this here to serve me for? How is this supposed to teach me something? In what way can I develop from going through this? And the first thing anybody says is it's easier said than done, but that is a cop-out. Yeah, it's easier said than done. Everything is easier said than done. Literally everything in the world, everything that you can possibly do is easier said than done. So easier said than done is a cop-out. It is an excuse. It is literally a way for you to try and take responsibility of yourself out of it. Trying to take the responsibility off of the situation. Like, I'm just going to say that would be easier said than done because that allows me to kind of step away and go, I don't have what it takes. It's easier said than done. It's, a, it's an excuse. It's, it's, no, you're validating a reason not to try, which is also why I often start conversations with, hey, I know it's easier said than done, but I want to challenge you to start thinking about what this is doing for you instead of what this is doing to you. Now they can really think about the question, what is this doing for me? How can I learn from this? Because if I start by saying, I know this is easier said than done, well, guess what? <laughs> I've literally removed their excuse before they get a chance to say it. So now they go into the question with me and they can't use the excuse of it's easier said than done because I already know it, you know it, I claimed it, I said it to you and I've taken it away from you, right? But the point is, is that as I go through these different things, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on, I'm going to kind of explain them as much as I can without making this too long. I want to kind of keep this podcast relatively short, like 30 minutes or so, but I want you to, to think of everything with that lens. Think of it. Yeah, it is easier said than done, but how can I get it done? 
Because ultimately that's the thing, right? And this is the last thing I'll say on this statement, but anything you say that with, it's something that you know you need to get done anyway. That's the funniest part about it, right? So if, if somebody says to you, you got to do X, Y, Z for your job, for your career, to get your body in shape, whatever it is. And you go, yeah, that's easier said than done. Okay. It still needs to get done. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And, and to not sound brutal, now you just look weak. Easier said than done is a cop-out. Let's just get to the point of, okay, how do we get it done? Let's talk strategy and action. That's how you move forward in life. Okay, so... Don't you dare say that it's easier said than done with any of the stuff I say today. Because of course it is. Take everything in and consider how can you use it for yourself and for personal development, for growth, for the goals you're after, right? Some of them will be very specific to certain goals, I'm sure. And some of them will be more of a blanket statement that can be applied to anything in life. But no matter what, I want you to take everything you are are listening to today in this podcast. And I want you to really, really try hard to go apply it afterwards, to really consider and think about you know, where does this show up in my life? Where can this apply in my life? How do I use this information to take leaps and bounds forward, right? So we're going to get into it. The first one, and again, these are all quotes. And I, what I mean by quotes is I'm quoting myself because these are notes that I take because I'm the type of person that when something happens, if, we're, if me and Shannon are watching a TV show, if we're watching church on Sunday, if I'm on a walk, if I'm listening to a podcast, if I'm talking to somebody, having a conversation, I'll be like, sorry, I just need to take this note because what you just said gave me an idea. Like I, I just, I'm one of those people. I'm constantly thinking in, in it. I do it because it serves as good content and, and coaching conversations for people. And all I am here on earth to do is help people grow. So if I don't take notes of those, I can't use them in these conversations like I'm having with you right now. The first thing is the responsibility of success and and higher standards of living is what scares people away from trying and eliminating their ability to be consistent. So the reason most people, the reason most people don't try harder to be successful and why so many people are inconsistent is because the responsibility of success and living life at a higher standard is scary. People don't ever think about this, but subconsciously, a lot of times, this is what is actually preventing you from making the leap forward. It's not the fact that, like, if I tell somebody, somebody's like, I just can't lose weight. If I go, hey, well, let me show you the science. Actually, you can, you, you can. There's been people that are your exact weight and they've lost 30 pounds too, with, even with your hormone issues, or even with your gut health issues, even with your lack of activity, even with having four kids, a busy job, night shifts. Any excuse in the world, like we have examples of everybody who has done everything. And no matter what, the person's going to look back at me and go, yeah, I know. I, I get it. I know. Science says, technically, yes, I can lose weight. So what is it? It's the responsibility of the work required, right? The work required is looked at as a sacrifice instead of an investment. And the problem is, is most people see the investments they need to make as sacrifices and assume that once they get to the end goal, they are going to have to continue making those sacrifices. However, even when you explain to them, hey, maintaining a weight is much easier than losing the weight. Most of them understand that. Some of them don't, and that's a very helpful thing. I actually had a conversation with a coaching client today, and some of the, the things that she was working on to get to her goal, I explained to her, I said, hey, I know it seems difficult right now because those are new habits, and it seems like a task list that you got to accomplish, but just remember, there's a purpose behind it. When you do those, here's the benefit we get. And just know once you accomplish the benefit, maintaining the benefit doesn't actually require all of those steps. Those steps are to get you there because you're so far from it. You have things stopping you from getting there right now. I used inflammation as an example. I was like, you're taking some supplements for the inflammation you deal with. But once you get rid of the inflammation and you're living a healthy lifestyle and you're at a much lighter body weight, you don't need to take those anymore. So like the fact that you keep forgetting the supplements is not because you actually forget or that you don't have the ability to press a reminder on your phone, it's because you don't want to take them because you think it's tedious and it's tedious to be taking six of those pills and it's going to be even more tedious that you got to do this for the rest of your life, but you don't, right? So we can, we can bridge that gap and explain that. However, maintaining the results still requires living life at a higher standard. And this is a really, really important key because most people don't even have standards. Think about that. Most people don't have standards that they live by. So it scares them to be successful. It scares them to achieve a result because now they got to sustain that result, which is a responsibility. 
Maybe it's easier. Maybe there's less to do to maintain it, of course, but it's still a responsibility. What if you don't maintain it? Like, what if all the people who saw you lose that weight, now they see that you gained it back? What if you got to reach back out to your coach and you're like, man, I gained the weight back. First of all, nobody judges you. We've had plenty of people that have had to do this with us. They come back years later and they're like, hey, I just went through a tough time. I gained the weight back. Cool. This is what we're here for. Come back on board. Let's get you right. We know it works. We know how to do it. We know we work well together. Let's get to work, right? Your family and friends, they love you. They're not going to judge you. It's yourself. You project your judgment on others. You assume others are going to judge you because you're judging yourself and you project that judgment into the mind of others, which is not actually happening. However, the point of this is simple. There's a responsibility of sustaining that result that you inflict on yourself. And that can be challenging. It can be scary. But pressure is a privilege. Responsibility is a privilege. I once asked somebody that I really looked up to in my life how they do so much. I was like, Dude, you're, just so, you're so much to so many people. How do you help these people improve their lives? You're also like a big part of your church. You have two kids. You're a loving husband. You're very close to everybody in your family. Like you, you are there for me all the time. And I know you have a couple handful full more friends just like me that you're constantly there for giving advice to making time to spend with. Like there's just so much, right? You do so much. How do you do this? And it's in one sense, it's like they're older than me. So over time from doing exactly, and this is years ago when I had this conversation, so I can say this confidently, it's years of doing the exact same thing I'm doing right now for years and years and years and years and years and years on end. And over that time, you accumulate people to kind of join your tribe and build this mission and movement with you, right? So now it's not just you. You have more help to do the ins and outs so that you can do what you do most. But secondly is there is a responsibility placed on those who feel called to take something like this on. He said, he's like, man, I just at one point in time, I just realized that I'm, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm meant to do. And, and I understand, I accepted that there's not that many people who can do this, so I got to do it. And it is a big burden, or I, he didn't even say burden because it's not a burden. It is a big responsibility. It's a big pressure, but that's a privilege. I'm so blessed to have this responsibility. I get to change people. I get to help people. I get to do things like this because I was called to do it. Now, it is different for everybody, right? It for him is different than what I do. So I'm a fitness and nutrition coach. That's what I'm here for. And I know exactly why I'm supposed to help people transform. It's so that I can build these characteristics and traits in their life so it translates everywhere else. I want people to tell me how they got a raise at work and they went and chased their dream job and they fixed their marriage and they're a better parent, they're a better, whatever it is, because of the fitness and tra transformation process we went through because we do so much more than just training and nutrition, right? For him, it's, a different vehicle, fitness, nutrition, not the vehicle for you. It might not be fitness and nutrition either. But the point is, is you have a responsibility to live life at a higher standard. You have a responsibility to be great. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't feel called to that. Because one of two things, number one, you wouldn't listen to the tailored life podcast. You would not be subscribed if you weren't literally obsessed or close to obsessed with personal growth. I know this because that's all we talk about on here. And the fact that more and more and more people keep listening to the show means that that is what they're after too. Secondly, you wouldn't be listening to this episode this far in. You know, I'm 18 minutes in as I'm looking at my recording thing. You wouldn't be listening to this far if you didn't want to grow and you didn't want to challenge yourself and you didn't want to, you didn't feel called to be a higher, better, greater version of yourself, right? And so this is where the standards come into play. And, and I'm going to keep kind of going on this one because the second thing I noted, number two, is when they say, quote unquote, it's a lifestyle, it doesn't mean track your macros for the rest of your life. It means you need to live at these standards at all times. So when somebody says like, you know, the key to sustaining success with training and nutrition and a better body and stuff is you got to make it a lifestyle. Everybody hears that. You got to make it a lifestyle. And you're like, okay, well, hold on. You're following a meal plan every day. That doesn't seem like a lifestyle to me. Well, apparently it is to them. This person over here is doing flexible dieting. That doesn't seem like a, a lifestyle to me. I don't want to track my macros forever. Well, it is to them. So what is the common denominator with all these people? We can keep going down the list. Paleo, keto. Some people live by some of these things. They treat diets like religion now. No, the, the key is it's a healthy lifestyle. They set themselves up with a standard to live by. Just like the responsibility of success. That's a standard to live by. Once you commit to the result, even before you achieve it, you're committing to a standard that you will now live by. And that can be scary which is why the first, the number one thing that we talked about on this, the first bullet point I said, is that the responsibility of success and the responsibility of results, that is scarier to most people than the work required to get there. That's what stops them because they know 
once they commit to a higher standard of living, it is a responsibility. If you take it seriously, it is a responsibility and a pressure that is applied to you, but it is the most fulfilling thing. The easiest way for me to, uh, you know, translate this for most people, if you have kids and if you don't have kids, you could probably understand because everybody knows this. And that's why it's an easy analogy. It's like having a kid. When you have a kid, you just place the biggest responsibility and pressure on yourself that you could possibly apply to your life. You are responsible for another human being now. You got to figure out how to be a parent. You got to figure out how to discipline while still keeping a good, strong relationship. I think about this stuff all the time. I got to be the cool dad, but also the funny dad, but also the loving, kind, caring, nurturing dad. But I also got to be the disciplinary dad who like checks her when she needs to be checked. How do I do these things? Oh, I can't forget my wife is still here. I still got to, you know, give her love and attention and affection and, oh, wait, I got a business. I got to run that. I got to manage clients. I got to manage. I got to do all these things and I got to do them all as if they're my only thing. That's nuts. That sounds insane to me because when I'm on this podcast, I got to make it seem like I'm a podcaster for a profession. That's all I got to worry about. That's all I got to do. When I go home, I'm just a father and a husband. When it's just like tonight, I actually, I'm so excited for this. My daughter drew a picture of this. That's how excited she is. Uh, they're shutting down the local Chick-fil-A and it's a, it's a ballroom event. So it's daddy daughter date. It's a special menu and they're decking it out and they're teaching us ballroom dancing for you and your little, it's going to be so, she drew me a picture of us dancing. I love it. And all their pictures, even when I don't have a mustache, I have a fat mustache on. It's hilarious, but I'm so excited about it. But when I'm there, I'm there. I got to be there. You know, and you get better at this and, and me and Shannon kick ourselves sometimes. We're like, oh, we forgot to take pictures. And I always look at her and I'm like, it's because we're actually present. It's because we're actually present. And that's a beautiful thing. But you have to do that in all these, these areas. That's a responsibility. That's a pressure. But guess what? There's nothing that feels better than what comes after the responsibility or the pressure. So yeah, sustaining the result is a responsibility. Making this a lifestyle is a responsibility. But it's a pressure that is a privilege because you get the opportunity to live life better. And if you're complaining about that, get out of here. That is the best thing ever. And I want you to think about it like this, like homework for you to take home on this. And this is something I've done with clients. This is something I've done with myself. This is something I've been taught to by my mentors. Set a code of ethics for yourself. Not just some like simple core values like I believe in integrity and in uh, honesty. And, you know, and no, stop. Work ethic, hustle. <laughs> like that's how it used to be for me. I'm going to make some cool core values. And I'm going to live by these. Hustle, integrity, <laughs> honor. It's like all the stuff you see on a buckle shirt or some shit affliction. Sorry if anybody's wearing that stuff. It's just, I mean, it's outdated now, so I hope not. But um, <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that if you don't have standards to live by, what are you, how are you living? I mean, think about that, right? When somebody describes the type of person you are, when you're not around, how do they describe you? <sighs> think about that. I don't want my girls to describe me as, oh, you know, my dad's great. He's a trainer. He's a nutritionist. Like, he's got a cool business. I don't want them to describe me like that. I want them both to describe me like reliable. My, I want my wife to literally say, my husband's reliable. He's there when I need him. No matter what, he puts us first. Reliability is a big thing to me. Integrity is a big thing. I want them to say, no matter what, he's going to do the right thing, even if, it causes him more struggle, him more pain, him more issues down the road, whatever. Integrity matters so much to my husband that he's going to do the right thing in any situation, no matter what. I want people to look at me as a go-giver because I'm constantly trying to help others. I want people to look at me and be like, that dude is disciplined. Because on and off camera, in and outside of coaching, I'm disciplined. I have an extreme amount of self-control and willpower, and I've trained that. These are things that I live by. So it doesn't matter if I'm cleaning the house, if I'm dieting for a physique show, if I'm trying to be uh, the fun dad, if I'm trying to educate clients, if it doesn't matter what I'm doing, a Spartan race, whatever the thing is, I'm going to do it with reliability, integrity, a giving nature to serve others, and an extreme amount of discipline, willpower, and self-control, all of which can be bundled together. Those are parts of my standards, and I have to live by those. You know, extreme ownership is another one. That's why when I walk by trash, I got to pick it up. If I'm in a situation and I get challenged, 
with self-control. Like, and I, I have to use self-control in this situation. Now it's a game. Now I am like, hmm, this is a, a random scenario that I'm, I'm just living out right now. But why is this happening for me? It's happening for me because it's a test. Oh, Cody, you're going to live by the standards of self-control, willpower, and discipline? Okay. Okay, let's see you act on that. Let's see you actually live up to that. Nobody's watching. <laughs> this sounds funny, but this was what goes through my head, and this is why I'm able to do this, and this is why I think everybody needs standards to live by. These are principles that you do not, you don't walk away from. You don't bend on. These are your standards, and you do it no matter what. You have to live by them. Because when nobody's watching, when there's no cameras on, I know. I know if I don't show willpower, discipline, or self-control. I know if I'm not using my best judgment to be an integrity-based individual. I know if I'm being unreliable and ignoring somebody. I know because I'm living it out. And I can't live with myself if I don't live up to those standards. But the problem with most people is they're like, wow, that sounds extreme. No, it's really not. You just don't have standards for yourself. So once you set standards for yourself, that's what's going to go through your head too because the second you get challenged with it and you try to not act on the standards you set for yourself, you're literally going to start talking to your head like you're a liar. You're literally lying to yourself and you're lying to anybody that you told that. And then you think about the people that you told that to, which is why accountability is so huge. I'm like, man, I said it on my podcast where tens of thousands of people heard it. I said it to my team. I said it to my clients. I said it to my family. I got to make this right which is part of extreme ownership. So when I don't live up to the standards, guess what? I got to go back and fix the issue, apologize to the person, do whatever I got to do to go back and make it better and make it right because that's part of uh, taking uh, extreme ownership, taking fault and responsibility when you need to. So if the, I know I just went on a bit of a tangent on those two, but it, it's this idea of like having standards for yourself and knowing that the responsibility of success in, in getting results, it does require a higher standard of living and it can be a pressure, it can be a responsibility that seems like a lot, that it's heavy. But an easy life is a hard life. A hard life is an easy life. And how I said that is the key there. Because doing hard things and, and setting hard standards for yourself creates an easy life from a fulfillment perspective, right? Which is what I'm going to get into next, actually, and it's a perfect transition. But if you're constantly taking the easy route, you don't grow you're gonna have a hard life because you're, you're gonna doubt yourself constantly. You're not gonna be as happy or fulfilled. You're not gonna feel a sense of reward and accomplishment. You're not gonna have as much self-respect. And I know this sounds brutal, but this is the reality. So again, if you listen to what I said and you're like, dude, this guy is insane. He's talking in his head. Okay, you don't have any self-control? That's what you're doing right now? <laughs> okay, Cody. Like I do that in my head and it sounds absolutely insane when I say it out loud, but I promise you, if you set standards for yourself and you truly commit to them and you really think about what those mean to you and how people will respond to you and how people will be impacted by you and how the closest ones to you will be around you because, and what kind of people you will attract towards you because you set those standards up and you live to those standards, you'll talk to yourself like that in your head too, because they make that big of a difference and nobody's opinion should matter more than your own. I see a lot of people getting so worried about what other people think and not caring at all about what they think. Why on earth would you give a shit what somebody else thinks about you over what you think about you? Think about that. That's crazy. You're more worried about what that person thinks of you. Meanwhile, you think so low of you or neglect completely what you think about yourself. That is ass backwards. You should be living life at a standard that allows you to have your own most utmost respect for yourself. You should think so highly of yourself because of the way you live, the standards you set, the integrity you have, the goals you accomplish, the way you act and respond to others, that it doesn't even matter what other people think of you because the only reason other people would think down upon you is because they're insecure about themselves. Because you're checking the boxes and doing all the right things. All right. The next one, which relates to this. This gets deep. I quote, people don't want to be happy. They want to be happier. Being happy is their idea of happiness, which is likely tainted by what others define happy to be. Happier 
is a progression of your current life. That's self-improvement. Therefore, personal development in any way, shape, or form is the key to happiness. I'm going to say this again. Think about this. People don't want to be happy. They want to be happier. Because most people, probably including yourself, will define happy as what other people define it as. Because they don't have their own definition for what happy means. Therefore, they don't want to be happy because their idea and definition of happy is actually tainted by society, by culture, by other people's definition, by what other people are doing to try and be happy and try and be accomplished or try to be successful with a whole bunch of quotes around it. And that's, that's BS. What people want, what you want, is to be happier, which is a progression of your life. Chasing what you think happy is, is incorrect. That's not happiness. You see somebody else with a smile on your face and you assume that they're happy. Number one, their definition is going to be different than yours. Number two, their definition is going to taint your definition and make you think that your definition is incorrect. We see this all the time. What you want becomes what other people want because you're chasing what you think you should want. But nobody can tell you what you should want. Only you know what you actually want. Right? And number three, you can fake a smile. You cannot fake purpose within you. You cannot fake fulfillment. But you can fake a smile. And you can do it really easily on social media or reality TV. So if you're watching other people on TV, on social media, on Netflix, on whatever it is, YouTube... You don't know anything about them. You can't take their word for happiness and assume that that's what it means. So what you need to do with this statement I'm saying is understand that you got to put a magnifying glass to what you're chasing right now and ask yourself, will this make me happy? And you have to remove all pre-framed thoughts judgments, stories, and experiences of other people from this equation. Because if you go into this wondering and trying to figure out, number one, what does happiness look like to me? And number two, is what I'm chasing going to truly make me happy? But you're constantly thinking about what makes other people happy. Now you can't. It's again, it's tainted. So you have to think about this in isolation. You have to think about this to yourself. And more importantly, you have to ask yourself, what would make me fulfilled? And if you can't answer this question, this is what I'll leave this one with. If you can't answer this question, what would give me fulfillment and achievement and a, a sense of reward and accomplishment? I'd have you consider that it's because you haven't challenged yourself enough to know. If you can't figure out what creates fulfillment for you, it's because you literally don't know. And that's fine. If you don't know, the reason you don't know is because you haven't chased fulfillment and achievement hard enough. You've either A chased what other people say is fulfillment or happiness or makes them happy or number two B you just don't challenge yourself a good life is a challenging life plain and simple you will never reach success without getting weathered and, and fighting resistance I already talked about this you need challenge in your life so if you haven't challenged yourself, if you haven't been challenged, if you haven't put yourself up to the test, if you haven't thrown yourself into battle, if you haven't gone through a transformation process, if you haven't done anything that you can say was truly difficult to work through, then you will never find out what fulfillment is. I promise you that. Even if the challenge has nothing to do with your goals, the process of being challenged and weathered creates a new perspective in your mind that allows you to figure out what fulfillment really is. And you, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you need to go challenge yourself so you can find out. I promise you this is how it works. I promise you. You got to go challenge yourself. So again, I'm going to read that again because I think this one is just so important. People don't want to be happy. They want to be happier. Being happy is their idea of happiness, which is likely tainted by what others define happy to be. Happier is a progression of life. That's self-improvement. Therefore, personal development in any way, shape, or form is the key to happiness, which is why you need to challenge yourself. You need to grow. You need to chase change. 
you need to personally develop because the process of developing one's self is how to achieve happiness. Really, really powerful one. Okay, the next one. This is number four. I'm going to start rapid firing these. You got to love the idea of becoming the best at the thing more than love than you love doing the thing. This can be said in a few ways. The first one is if you're trying to be the best at anything, you need to love being the best or the idea of being the best more than you love becoming the best. What it takes to become the best. In another way, chasing results with your, your physique. You need to love the result more than you love the process at first. Meaning, whatever it takes to get you the result you want comes second. The idea of you becoming that person, the idea of you accomplishing that result, the idea of you living with that result as your current reality, that idea has to overpower the process. That idea has to be so great in your mind that you don't think much about the process to get there because the process to get there is where all the things come. This is where if you constantly say all the things you need to sacrifice in order to get lean, it's because you're not thinking about the benefits of being lean. You're not remembering that it's going to create confidence, energy, performance, certainty, better hormones, better sleep, better sex, better mood, better everything. You will be a better human being. You will be more personally developed. You will be uh, more happy because guess what? Even if being lean isn't the thing that's key to happiness, the challenge of getting lean created a new perspective of life that allowed you to chase happiness in other areas and now you're a happier individual. I promise you. Nobody doesn't get more successful once they transform their physique because what it takes to transform your physique makes you a more successful person all around, plain and simple. That's the beauty of physical transformation, right? So again, this one is really, really simple. You got to love the result more than you love getting the result or the process of getting result. You got to love becoming the best and the idea of being the best more than you love what is required to become the best. You have to love the idea of the result and the idea of you living in that result or in that body, let's say, more than you love the process because you're probably not going to love the process. And if you constantly think about the process, you're going to think about sacrifices. If you think about the result, you're going to see those sacrifices and the homework and the things you got to do. You're going to see all those things as investments into your future self, plain and simple. But you got to shift your mind in that way. All right, number five. Don't mock what people who've done it. Don't mock what the people who have done it are doing. Reverse engineer and mock what they did when they were still trying to get there. So this could be applied to anything, really, again. But we all know, and this is where people get comparison wrong. They say, comparison's a thief of joy. I get it. I understand the concept of that quote, and I think it's a great quote. I've used it before. I think there's plenty of applicable aspects about that quote. However, I also know that if you don't compare you don't have like a North star to it in a sense. So you should also look at people that who, who have what you want and you should go, I want that. I need to visualize myself having that so that I can get there. What do I need to do? Let me look at this person's habits, this person's lifestyle, this person's bank account, their job, whatever it may be, their perspective, their attitudes, their thought processes, values. Of course, you can look at all this stuff. But the problem is, is that in the process of them becoming the individual who obtained the result that you want, they changed, potentially for the better, but most importantly, they changed into the individual they need to be in order to maintain what they have then. So what did they do in the process of getting there, right? If you're a young coach or fitness business owner and you're brand new into the industry and you're looking at me and you're going, I need to do exactly what he's doing. No, you don't. You need to do exactly what I did to get here, right? If you're somebody who is overweight and you want to lose weight, you don't need to look at what I do right now. That would just complicate the process. You need to look at what I did a decade ago, more than a decade ago now, to get lean, to drop 45 pounds. What did I do then? If you're a decade into it and you're trying to find fun and enjoyment in the process of sustaining this physique, yeah, 100%, copy what I'm doing because I'm at that stage too. But you need to compare yourself to where people once were, not to compare them. This is where people go wrong. They compare themselves to the person they want to be like right now. And they compare themselves now, their, their current self, to the person in their current self. But their current self is far beyond where you're at right now or you need to be. You need to compare it to their past self, which doesn't cause issues or negativity in your mind. It actually uh, creates hope and a lot more faith in the process and self-belief because you're like, wow, they were just like me. Wow, they didn't just get it handed to them. Wow, they had to do a lot of work. And they didn't like that work. I don't like the work. So I'm normal. So I can do it too. 
right? So you can't mock what the people who have accomplished what you're trying to accomplish are doing right now. You have to go back, reverse engineer and copy and mock what they did to get there. Plain and simple. Um, really, really good one. Okay. Oh, I have nine. So I wrote two of them twice. That is actually perfect because I'm running out of time. Um, all right. We're going we're gonna to crank through these last four. First, nobody gets better by acting like they don't suck at first. You suck and that's okay. Admit it, accept it, then change. That's how you win. <laughs> brutal, brutal honesty, but like really, I'm, I'm going to say it again. It's <laughs> because it's so good. Nobody gets better by acting like they don't suck at first. You do suck and that's okay. It's totally fine. You're probably going to suck for a while. But the key to success and key to getting results, key to getting better is actually admitting you suck. So you need to look in the mirror and go, I suck right now. And that's okay because I just started. I'm going to give myself grace for sucking at this. I'm going to give myself grace for not being where I want to be because the realization and then acceptance of knowing I'm not where I want to be is what allows me the motivation, the discipline, and the strategies which follow the motivation to actually create change, to get me where I want to be. If you don't know where you want to go, you got to figure that out first. But if you can't look back at yourself and then positively say, I suck, I'm not there right now. I'm not even close to where I want to be. Then you'll never grow. Because truthfully, self-love is self-growth. Loving yourself in order to grow into the person you could become. I mean, giving yourself the gift of improvement and challenge and forcing yourself to grow is the best way to show yourself love, right? And self-respect especially. But if you lie to yourself, you're telling me yourself you're okay where you're at, that's where you're going to go wrong. You need to admit you're not where you want to be. You need to admit that you're not in a good place, but you could be in a better place. Because unless you look at yourself and say, like I mentioned here, I suck right now and that's okay, you'll never be able to grow because you're not admitting your starting point. And that's a, a fundamental key. You got to know the gap. You're here. Your results are over here. There's a big gap in between you. You got to learn how to bridge that gap. The only way to bridge that gap is to truly understand where you're at right now. The next one. This is number seven. Yeah. Imposter syndrome only happens when you don't have proof, which makes it somewhat true. You do have imposter syndrome, but that's okay. And so I want you to kind of unravel this and think about this. If you struggle with imposter syndrome, there might actually be some reality to it. And look, the only people I know who don't ever have any imposter syndrome are kind of narcissists. They're, they're kind of crazy. And they're a-holes, for lack of better terms. They're arrogant, right? So everybody has imposter syndrome. However, the people who don't get held back by imposter syndrome, just like the last thing I mentioned, they accept it. Because again, if you have imposter syndrome, it's because you still have growth to accomplish, right? You're either brand new into the position you're in, so you know you still need to grow and still need to prove yourself a little bit, or you just started the mission, and maybe you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit. You need to kind of take a step back and really develop yourself, right? But there's this process of, I have imposter syndrome because I'm talking about what I'm going to accomplish, which is okay. And again, it's somewhat true because you're saying what you're going to accomplish, but you don't have any proof to show that you've done it before, which means that you got to prove yourself and to those around you that you're going to accomplish a thing, right? Then there's the person that's in between being the master and the, the newbie, right? This person that I just mentioned has no experience. They have no proof. So the imposter syndrome is kind of true, but that's okay because you're not selling people this advice. You're just telling them, I'm going to accomplish XYZ. I don't have proof of it yet, but watch me grow right? The next person who has it is in the midst of it. I have a little bit of proof. I've been doing this stuff, but I'm not fully certain and confident with it yet. That's okay too. You can have some imposter syndrome because you don't have like just stacks and stacks and stacks of evidence. You're accumulating that evidence right now. So you're allowed to have some imposter syndrome, but it never holds you back. The people who have imposter syndrome that are in that middle space, they never get held back because they know they need to just keep stacking the proof so that they eliminate the imposter syndrome. However, you never eliminate the imposter syndrome because guess what? Once you stack all the proof you need to eliminate the imposter syndrome, you walk yourself right into the next level. Now you're doing something else. Now you're doing more. 
Now you're selling a higher package. Now you're do, you're living at a higher standard. Now you're accomplishing higher levels of success. You are doing something that is new because growth and success is always evolving. So you never fully grow out of imposter syndrome, which is why I love this quote I wrote down. Imposter syndrome only happens when you don't actually have any proof, which makes it somewhat true, but that's okay. Number eight, there's no such thing as an easy but meaningful life. What creates meaning in life is never easy because the journey towards creating purpose is always difficult. I've already kind of touched on this one a bunch, so I'll make this one brief, but there's no such thing as an easy yet meaningful life. Like those two things don't live synonymously. If you have a meaningful or a purposeful life, it's not easy. With great success, with great results, with great purpose, great meaning comes sacrifice, comes pressure, comes responsibility, and it comes commitments to living life at a higher standard, which means it's not easy. But you're not trying to chase an easy life. You're trying to chase a meaningful life. This is why great success, great goals, great results, great life, great relationships, all the things that allow us to live a meaningful life, none of them are easy. And if they are easy, it's because you've already got there, right? So the only way it's easy is if you already did it, right? But what it took to get there is definitely not easy. So there's no such thing as an easy but meaningful life. That's the big takeaway. And the last one, number nine, is a suggestion. And I was going to say it's a suggestion to myself, but if I'm being honest, these are all suggestions to myself. These are all things that I've told myself time and time again that I think you know, I wrote them down because I said them to myself as like, hey, don't forget blank, right? Like I need to remind myself of these things too so I can keep living the way I want to live. But this last one is to speak in absolutes, not with question marks at the end of everything you say. That's a sign of self-doubt and a lack of certainty. We hear people like this all the time. They talk like they're kind of asking a question. They're trying to get rid of imposter syndrome. I'm, I'm really good at what I do. Like... Don't do that. Speak in absolutes. Don't speak in question marks. Take charge of the situation. Own it. Be certain. Tell it how it is. Speak with confidence. There's nothing worse than having a question mark after everything you do. If you're, if you're wondering about something, ask a damn question. But don't slap a question mark behind everything you do because you're lacking confidence. And if you notice yourself doing this, when you're not actually asking for a question, because a lot of times people do this and not literally asking for a question, but they talk in that tone. If you find yourself doing this, try to stop yourself. And if it triggers you, it means you're doing it. Try to stop yourself. I'm not saying this because you're a bad person. I'm saying this because it's a bad habit and I want to encourage you to change, right? This is, there's, there's so many things that you need to pick up on and then really challenge yourself when they happen instead of just letting them pass by. One of them for me was, I heard somebody say like, you should never be the parent that just says, uh, because I said so. Like you need to explain. And my first thought is it triggered me because I do that. And then it was like, well, I don't need to explain myself to a five-year-old. But then I realized I do because one, I hated that when I was a kid. And then two, like if I don't explain why I'm telling her to do something, she's going to be less likely to do that. I know that because I coach people. And in coaching, if I don't give the explanation as to why and show them how and give them an in-depth answer and detailed response, they're not going to adhere to what I'm asking them to do. So how useful is me saying, because I said so, it's just being an authoritative figure. It doesn't give her any guidance. So I started explaining things, even things that I feel like don't need explanation. But guess what? They don't need an explanation to me because I'm 31 years old. She's five. It's totally different. So when I talk to her, it has to be like, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to eat this? Why do I have to do that? Let me explain every time. I use stories, knowledge, whatever I got to do. This is recent in my life. And I'm like, man, that is, I, I didn't do it a ton, but I did it enough to notice. And the first time I said, because I said so, I immediately stopped myself and go, damn, I'm doing it again. Let me correct myself. And then I explained it to her. And guess what? The situation went a hell of a lot better. So as I go through these things, like the question mark one, if you're constantly putting a question mark after everything you say, stop that shit, call yourself out and change it. All right. I'm going to ramble these off real quick before I sign out here for you. Um, number one, the responsibility of success and accomplishing results requires living life at a higher standard. And that is scarier to most people than the work required to get there. Therefore, most people don't ever take the leap to accomplish their goals because they're afraid of the responsibility and the pressure applied to sustain the goal long-term. However, that pressure and responsibility is a privilege because you get to live a better life. Number two, when they say, 
quote unquote, it's a lifestyle. It doesn't mean track your macros or do X, Y, Z tactic that they're doing for the rest of your life every single day. It means that you need to shift your lifestyle and the standards you live by in order to easily sustain the result you accomplish and adhere to this theme or these principles. It's not the method, it's the principle. Number three, people don't want to be happy. They want to be happier because oftentimes people's vision or definition of happiness is actually tainted by what other people's opinion of happiness is or made it, it seem to be, but rather happier is a, is a progression of your current life. So becoming happier is something you should chase because that's personal development. That's self-development. That's self-respect, self-love. That is growth. So you shouldn't chase being happy. You should be chasing being happier because that's a process, not an outcome that nobody can define. Number four, you got to love the idea of becoming the best and or being the best and or having the best results and living with the best result more than the actual process of accomplishing that result. Number five, don't mock what the people are doing right now who have the life, the success, the result you want to have. Reverse engineer their lifestyle and their process and their journey to get there and mock the person they used to be and the things they used to do because it's what they did back then that you should be comparing yourself to, not what they're doing right now. Number six, nobody gets better by acting like they don't suck. You do suck and that's okay because understanding you suck at first is what allows you to grow and eventually not suck so much. Number seven, imposter syndrome only happens when you don't actually have proof, which makes it somewhat true, but that is okay. It means that you're on the path of growth. Number eight, there's no such thing as an easy but meaningful life because a meaningful life is never created or accomplished by doing easy things. Therefore, you have to challenge yourself to do hard things if you truly want to live a meaningful life. And number nine, speak in absolutes, not with a question mark at the end of everything you say. That is a sign of self-doubt and you want to be somebody who is confident and has self-belief. So speak in absolutes, speak in statements, not question marks. This was a powerful episode. I blocked out of 30 minutes, but I spent 52 because I just had to deliver as much value as possible because this is a topic that I think is going to help shape every area of your life. I hope you like this podcast. I hope you learned something from this podcast. Most of all, I hope you apply something from this podcast. If you did any of the above, if you enjoyed it, if you want to support it, if you want to apply it, please do me a huge favor. Share this with a friend who needs to hear it too. Share it on your story so all your friends can see. Do something so that we can continue growing this podcast. And of course, if you need help applying this stuff, if you need accountability to do the work day in, day out, week after week, month after month, head over to taylorcoachingmethod.com and apply for coaching. Like this is what we do. And we take things so much further than just training nutrition because we know that we can't just have the scope. That's our, that's our vehicle and that's how we create change. But I promise your life will change on so many different levels from the coaching we do, not just because of the training and nutrition programs. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next time.